Hello and welcome to another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Daniel, and we are at it again this week as we're continuing to discuss the buried anointing. First, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. If you are listening for the first time or if you've been a follower from the beginning, please leave a like, share the video, share the podcast. And we have a lot of exciting things coming to the warrior within the woman. You know, God has truly laid it upon my heart to encourage women all around the world, all around this country that is either in ministry or contemplating ministry, however God sees fit to use you. So in the coming months, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to start a video blog um, on YouTube and be able to connect with you that way. But right now, um, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy the word that God is bringing forth through this podcast, uh, share it with friends, share it with family, and follow the Warrior Within the Woman on the streaming app that you're using. Last week, we discussed the vineyard of Naboth and all of his family. And this vineyard was near King Ahab and Jezebel, the king and queen of Israel, who was very wicked. They were evil. And Ahab had seen the blessings of the Lord on Naboth's vineyard, and he wanted the vineyard. The, this king wanted it, and so he went up to Naboth and asked him if he could have it, if he would trade him for another vineyard, or if he could even pay him whatever he wanted for this vineyard. And Naboth, Naboth knew that his vineyard was more than just a vineyard, that it was given to him by God. And so we're picking up today after Naboth had told Ahab, you can't have it. Uh, this is the inheritance of God for my family, and I'm not giving up the vineyard. So we see that at the end of um, where we left off last week, Ahab was um, angry, he was pitiful, he was really upset that Naboth would not sell him or trade him his vineyard. And so his wife, being the wicked woman that she was, quickly hatched a plot to kill Naboth so that she could seize his land and give it to her husband. And so we see in 1 Kings that Jezebel actually writes letters in Ahab's name, seals them with his seal, and sends them to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city there where, where Naboth was. And she wrote in these letters saying this in verse 8 through 10, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people. And seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king, and then take him out, stone him, that he may die. See, the devil will do anything in his power to get a hold of your inheritance. Whether he convinces you it's not worth it, he convinces you that the ministry's not worth it, that you're too tired, you're too bogged down by the worries and the wounds of this world, or he will try to kill you and take it for himself. And right now we see that Jezebel, defending her childlike husband who's moping around because he doesn't get what he wants, takes it upon herself to kill Naboth. Now, see, Naboth was not just some regular man. He was not just someone, but he was a godly man. God saw him. 
He had devoted his life to the Lord, and this vineyard was blessed not because of Naboth's hands. And I'm sure Naboth and his family were tired many, many times, but it wasn't because of his hands that the vineyard was blessed, but it was because of God and the anointing and the inheritance that the vineyard brought. And I want to encourage you today, no matter where you are in ministry, uh, or maybe you say my ministry is my family, that you're a stay-at-home mom or you teach Sunday school, or no matter what it is, I'm not saying anyone particular, but if you're serving God, God sees you. He sees you. He sees us even when we walk away from him, even when we run away and deny him, he still loves you. But do not underestimate the ministry that your hands are doing just because you're weak in this moment, you're tired in this moment, you don't know where else to go or what to do. I want to encourage you, be like Naboth today. Be like Naboth. That is the challenge that I want to present to you today. Be like Naboth, who understood that the vineyard that was given to him And his family was an inheritance of God and that it was not by his own hands or his own skills or gifts that it prospered. But it was because of the blessings of God that the vineyard succeeded and that it was a blessed inheritance to give to his children. And Naboth knew that. He refused to give it up. He refused to let the enemy convince him it was worth giving up because he knew that the inheritance of his, of God, the inheritance of his family was too good to just give it away. And so Jezebel set him up and she set up scoundrels before him to claim he had done something wrong to convince people that Naboth was Worthy of being stoned to death. And her plan succeeded. She was able to get Naboth killed. And in 1 Kings 21, 16, it says, So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. You may be in a place right now that you feel like Satan is trying And even maybe succeeding in trying to kill you and destroy you. But I want you to know God sees what is happening. God saw what happened to Naboth. I don't know what you've dealt with in life. I've been through a lot of things myself. And there are times that I wonder, God, do you even see me? Do you even see the battle that I'm facing? Do you even see the fight that I'm fighting? Why is this going on? Why is this happening? But I want you to know God saw what happened to Naboth. And though Naboth was killed simply because wicked people wanted what belonged to him, God still defended him. God still did not let it go unnoticed. Even though the enemy comes against you trying to kill you and destroy you, and even if maybe he's taken things from you, God still sees it. And I want to remind you, God is your defender. God is the one fighting in this war. And even though you don't see it right now, even though you don't understand it right now, I want you to know God saw what happened to Naboth, and it was not going to go without punishment. 
Naboth was killed simply because wicked people wanted what belonged to him. And not just any people, but the king and queen of Israel. But see, this thing, of course, displeased the Lord. God himself dealt with Ahab and Jezebel. In 1 Kings 21, verse 17 through 19, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is, in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. It didn't go unnoticed. I want to pause for a moment and share something with you that it took me a long time to learn. And even to this day, Satan knows what buttons to push to even try to bring up old wounds. But I've been through things myself that I wondered why God allowed it to happen. Why did this person do this to me? Why did this person gossip about me, make up lies about me, treat me horribly? Whatever the case may be, wherever you may be today, and you're struggling with that. I want to remind you that God is a God of unconditional love. God is not a dictator. He's not a manipulator. He cannot make you choose him. Chooses not to put your knees on the ground and bow your head and make you ask for forgiveness. He could, but he chooses not to, to give us free will, to give us a choice. And if God were to manipulate and change and stop people, bad people from doing bad things, then he would have to make you do things. He would have to do it for everyone. He would have to manipulate and dictate everyone's decisions. And just because God has all authority, and just because something may happen, doesn't mean It came from his hands. Just because God has all authority doesn't mean it came from his hands. God does not create evil. God does not do things bad to you for them to turn out good. No, the Bible says what the devil, what Satan, what these people meant for evil, God will turn around for good. God has all authority, and even though he chooses not to intervene because he is a God of free will. He is a God that loves every single human being with such an unconditional love that he will not force you to love him. He will not force you not to rob people. He will not force anything upon you because he wants you to choose him willingly. Willingly, with a love, an unconditional love that allows us to choose, allows us to make decisions for ourselves. Yeah, are they stupid decisions sometimes? Absolutely. Have I made ridiculous decisions before? Yes. Have people made decisions and hurt me through those? Absolutely. Absolutely they have. 
But just because evil has come upon me and bad things have happened to me doesn't mean God created them. But he gives you a promise, woman of God. He gives you a promise, warrior, that even though evil may come upon you, even though the devil may come in like a flood, God says, I will turn it around. I will make sure that even though the devil came against you, I will make sure you make it out of this. I'll be your peace. I'll be your comfort. God is wanting you to know he will walk with you through all of this. Through every single situation, he's walking with you. And he sees it all. He sees it all. And God sent Elijah to condemn Ahab because God saw it. People that come against me or come against you. I don't have to worry about them because God is my defender. I'm not worried about how their life is going to go or how they're going to be treated or, or how they're going to reconcile with God. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to trust God that even though the enemy comes against me and my family, that God will turn it around for my good and his glory. There are countless times in the Bible, countless times even in my own testimony that God turned around what could have killed me, what could have and probably should have destroyed me. He turned it around because he doesn't want you to die from this. He doesn't want you to be destroyed from this. And if you read later on in scripture, you'll see that God proved to be faithful. He used Elijah to prophesy not only over Ahab and his home and his family, but also over Jezebel that they would die and dogs would lick up their blood just as they did, just as dogs did to Naboth. That this was God saying, no matter what you've done, and even if you, this is God saying, I've seen what you've done to his family, and I will repay with the measure you have poured out. And that is exactly what happens. Ahab dies in war. Dogs come and lick up the blood of Ahab in the war, and Jezebel, she out of a window and dogs come and lick up her blood. Now that might be a little bit extreme for you all, but I want you to know when God says he'll defend you, you can be sure that he will deal with the injustice that has come upon you and he will provide a peace and a hope. He will provide healing to you through every situation that has felt like it would kill you. God says he will take care of you. He will bring you out of the hurt and pain that someone has created and has done upon you. And he will deal with the people that have done injustice upon you. Do not be angry at your defender. God will defend you till the very end. You can trust that. God can turn everything around. He can turn it around for your good. He can protect you and keep you safe. I thank God for the situations that honestly I should have died in. But God protected me. Even though someone decided something and hurt me through it, 
God still protected me. God is still protecting me. And now I'm able to give a testimony and testify about the goodness of God. Because yes, it's not my responsibility to give an account for why they chose to do what they chose to do to me. But I can choose to use every situation that Satan tries to kill me with and destroy me and make him regret the day he ever chose to touch me, the day he ever chose to try to destroy my family or kill my child. I will make the devil regret the day he ever tried to come against my family like a flood because I know an almighty God with all authority that even though something may come against me because of someone else's decision, he will still be there. And he is our defender. One thing we can learn from Naboth is we must stand up for what is ours. Don't let the inheritance die with you. Do not bury the anointing. We must stand up for what is ours in Christ. Last week I spoke about physically dying and taking our gifts to the grave and never showing our children or the people around us, the children at our church, the gifts and the calling and the anointing from our lives, never passing anything down. But another way we can bury the anointing is being so hurt and so broken by other people's decisions against us and other people's choices and actions against us that we bury the anointing that we once held. We bury the inheritance inside of us, regretting, never choosing to allow it to speak again, never choosing to play the piano again, never choosing to put our fingers on the strings of a guitar again, never choosing to open up a business again because we're so broken. And we forget that the skills... Not only the skills and the natural of entrepreneurship and wisdom that God has placed on your life, but the things in the spirit that we take for granted or that we are so broken and hurt that we bury them, refusing to allow them to see the light of day ever again in our lives. Of course, this does not mean we should be stingy hoarders of our gifts and, and talents. What this means is that we must never, ever let go of our inheritance that the Lord has placed upon our lives. Many of us Christians today easily let go of our inheritance, trading it for some temporal pleasure or comfort. We do not stand up and rise as God's children. We don't fight for the salvation of our families. We stop praying for the will of God to happen in our nation and Wherever we are, we must take a hold of our inheritance in Christ and never let it go. Don't bury the anointing. Don't trade your inheritance for some temporal lust of the flesh. Don't let it go, warrior. And another thing we could learn from Naboth is injustice may happen to us. But God sees it all. God saw the injustice done to Naboth and didn't let it slip. No injustice can ever be hidden from God's eyes and we can rest our hopes on that. 
that he is always looking, he is always watching over us. And even though we may be hurt physically or mentally or spiritually from people, I have hope and understanding and peace that I don't have to worry or take vengeance upon people that speak harmful against me because God will deal with them in time. Whether it's on this side of heaven or the or in heaven itself, I know that God will do the judging for me. All I have to do is decide, will this bury the anointing? Will this hurt make me lose the inheritance because I'm so broken? I choose to let let it go just because someone did something bad to me, hurt me, did injustice to injustice to me doesn't mean it came from God's hands. And the devil all he wants is for you to be angry at God for the rest of your life and bury the skills and gifts and talents and anointing he's placed on your life from the moment you were born. God had a plan for your life and all the devil wants is for you to get angry at God for the very thing that the enemy has done to you. But my God is good and loving and he allows me to choose things. So I choose to let God defend me against those that have done injustice against me. And I choose today to use the testimony of hurt and brokenness in my life to let other women know there is freedom. There is freedom in letting go. There is freedom in letting God defend you. It's not your responsibility to fix them. It's not your responsibility to fix the situation. God is watching us closely. He's taking note of all that happens to us. And he will always ensure that justice will be served according to his will and his way. Trust him. Do not bury the skills and talents and giftings and anointing of your family, the inheritance of your children. Don't let that go to waste because of past brokenness. We may not understand why someone chooses to hurt us. We may not understand what has happened or why, but I can tell you right now, That the things that have happened to me have saved so many souls, have saved so many women from brokenness because I had the boldness to share what I've gone through, to share the brokenness and anger and hurt, to allow other people to heal. And as I make my trauma into a testimony, I can see God using the very thing Satan thought would kill me to not only make me stronger, but that my inheritance will live on. The anointing will live on. The gifts and callings and encouragement and words of wisdom will live on. And those women, wherever you are, God will defend you. Thank you for tuning in today. I pray that this message reaches your heart and your mind, that God's not done with you. No matter what you've gone through, God is still defending you. He will bring justice to the injustice that's done in your life, but trust in him. Don't let the enemy take away the vineyard. 
Don't let the enemy take away your gifts, your skills, your talents, the anointing on your life, the inheritance for your children and their children, for the families that you will touch, the women and men that you'll touch with your testimony. Don't let Satan take that from you, but hold strong against the enemy. Don't sell the vineyard. Don't take it for granted because God's blessed it, not because of your hands, but because of what he wants to do through you. I pray you have a wonderful week. God bless you. Love you, friends.